Hey, Remar nurses, welcome to the scary topics review. This is a phenomenal class that is going to go down. I hope you have your workbooks. I can, I will, I must pass NCLEX for all of you who are coming in. Tonight is night one of the most amazing thing that is set to happen. So as we prepare to introduce you to the must know information, I have two challenges. My challenge number one is for you to understand this subject, the subject matters tonight in more detail that will help you when you're actually in front of the exam. That's my challenge. The second challenge I have is to get you to go from the general free live classes and make the investment inside of the V2 where all my Remar nurses are there studying and passing their NCLEX exam. So I believe that if you come to this class, you will definitely see the Remar difference and how we can help you, how I can help you, how 800 nurses right now can help you get to the next step. So uh, we will get started. Let me show you this though. I love this and I love when Remar nurses give back to the community and this is how you do it. Ask me a question. I would clearly not understand or know what it's asking in the content behind it. Um, the Remar V2 was so helpful, especially breaking down the content very easily, simply, not like going back to nursing school or anything, just the basics. Um, and it helped me re understand what I was um, looking at. Um, I used so many other platforms. U World, Kaplan, I even did the Marquet lectures, but nothing better prepared me than the Remar V2. It also has a workbook that comes along with it and it makes you follow along. It is honestly the best thing that you could possibly do. Instead of just looking at a screen, you're filling in things, you're actually using active memory. Um, and I honestly don't think I would have passed without it. I have taken the NCLEX four times before and failed every single time. And until I had Remar V2, I passed on the first try. I just, I, I couldn't be happier. I mean, this is probably the best platform out there right now. And this is just coming from me. And this is all honest. Um, um, now that I've passed, I've had a big, immense um, weight lifted off my shoulders. And I, I feel so good. Um, I can't wait to start working. Um, I, I am honestly speechless with what I've been given. I'm so grateful for Remar V2. I could not have asked for a better platform, period. This is the best platform out there. And I am just so happy to finally call myself a nurse. Thank you so much. I am so, so thrilled to finally be out in the working force and be a nurse and help others. Thank you so much. Hello, everyone. My name is Elizabeth Mbugwa, a remote nurse. So I am a repeat test taker. I did my first uh, exam in May of 2023 and I failed. And 
I was using Kaplan. And then one month to my second attempt, uh, I came across Remark. So There we go. There we go. Can you guys hear me now? Okay. I had to break into the testimonial because we had over 1500 nurses joining this live and I hope you guys can hear me now. Thumbs up, right? And I wanted to say tonight we are going over priority, delegation, and pain and grief. And these are subjects that you definitely are going to confront as the next gen NCLEX is underway. So get your workbooks out. Let's get right into it. Let's get right into it. So just a reminder for housekeeping, we're going to go over the practice questions in this book tomorrow. We're going to go over the practice questions in this book tomorrow. So I hope you guys have done the pretest because it's time for the pretest. Ready, set, pretest. It begins right now. Here we go. Question number one. Question number one. In the care of clients with pain and discomfort, which tasks are most appropriate to delegate to the unlicensed assistive personnel? Tomorrow at eight o'clock, tomorrow at eight o'clock, guys. All right, so the options here, this is delegation pretest. Are we asking that UAP to assist the client with the preparation of a sits bath, monitor the client for signs of discomfort while ambulating, coaching the client to deep breathe during painful procedures or case evaluating relief after applying a cold compress. Question number one, the pretest is, did you guys get this one? Assisting the client with, assisting the client with the preparation of a sit bath. Let's go to pretest question number two. Comments on the screen. The nurse monitors four clients receiving treatment in the medical unit during the morning rounds. Which client should the nurse evaluate first? Here we go. This is a good one. Number one, a diabetes mellitus client for a blood sugar check. Two, a client with thick mucus secretions. Three, a client with a daily wound dressing or four, 13-year-old prepared for a cranial CT scan. So this is a great prioritization question. If you don't get this right, I'm thankful that you're here. The correct answer for this prioritization question is number two, a client with thick mucus secretions. Did you, did you notice that there was an airway potential here? All right, complication here. So you have to go with this one. Let's do pretest question number three. Now, this one I wanted you to do beforehand because there were steps in ordering this. You need to be prepared to do all the different question types. So number three says, based on the nursing process of prioritization, arrange the following in chronological order. Which should the nurse complete first 
and last. Okay, so um, creating hypothesis, developing nursing care plan, compare the data collected to the desired results, <laughs> obtaining past medical history, okay. and provide teach on how to use assistive devices safely, provide teaching on how to use assistive devices safely. Oh, this is a good one. If you are doing ADPI, then this is easy. This makes sense to you if you're familiar with it. If not, we're gonna go over it in a little bit. Correct answer, number one. Number one is obtaining that past medical history, okay? So um, two would be creating the hypotheses. Three, developing the nursing care plan. Four, providing teaching on how to use assistive devices safely. And then the final one is comparing the data collected to the desired result. So on my paper here, on my paper, the order that I have is two, three, five, one, and four. Did you guys get that one right? That's what I have. Two, three, five, one, and four. Okay, let's jump back into this one. And that might, might have been a little tricky for some of you, but hey, you're learning. You're here to learn, not get everything perfect. Four says this. A nurse is caring for patients on a respiratory progressive care unit. At the start of her shift, which patient should be seen first? Okay, and here is the answer right here already presented. Um, there were four patients. The patient who reports shortness of breath after being exposed to an allergen, the patient with new laryngeal strider and a history of laryngeal injury was the correct answer. Three, the patient with the chest tube who has accidentally become dislodged. And then four was a patient with increase in thick green sputum. So number two was the priority here. Okay, number two was the priority here. So I hope everybody for uh, number four can identify why this is the priority. It looks good. It looks like we're all on one accord. It's not too late. Do me a favor, share this video. There is somebody you know who is preparing for NCLEX and they need to be in this class. They don't know what's happening. They don't know this class is happening right now. So share this video. Number five says this, a recent widow is being counseled by a nurse. The nurse explains to the client that grieving is a process and has certain phases. Which of the following scenario reflects the denial phase? Oh, this is good. Number one, the client understands impact of widowhood, but has regrets and despair. Two, the client is in shock and becomes restless and distant. Three, the client feels the effects of longing and expresses anger. Four, the client reorganizes thoughts and focuses on positive coping. So here we're looking for the denial phase. What will that look like for our patients? I would challenge everybody to please choose number. What number is it gonna be? It is going to be number, give it to me. <laughs> number two, number two, the client 
is in shock and becomes restless and distant. Oh, we are ready. We are ready now to continue diving into some good content. Yes. How are you doing? Are you feeling good? Listen, as I mentioned before, the NCLEX V2 sale is ending Friday at midnight. So right now, if you are testing for your NCLEX this year, this is the time to get into the V2. And I did this for everybody who has the V2. You know, it comes with the study calendar. So people always ask me, how quickly can I get through the V2? And actually, it is a four-week program, but there are some parts of the V2, some study sessions that can be grouped together. So if you have your study calendar, you can notice that sessions two and three in the V2, those are short enough for those to go together. And when I went through the whole calendar, I feel like you can do V2 now in like three weeks, two to three weeks. What do you guys say? If you have the 30-day calendar that goes with V2, I think that you could do V2 in three weeks. I don't know. But if you are testing and you have a crunch to your test date, V2 right now, you can get it done and be ready before the end of the year. Jill says, yes, I agree. Okay. So our first topic on tonight is nursing prioritization. Nursing prioritization. Now, this is a huge topic under management of care or coordinated care. So as we get into it, I'm going to give you the content, the three ways that I think is the best to approach these kind of questions. So number one is this. This is the one we all learn in nursing school. But in general, when we're talking about prioritizations for any of my new nurses out here, prioritization is assessing the situation and determining what is the most important, time-sensitive, and critical for the intended results. And I think most nursing students, you understand the term prioritization, but there are elements of prioritization that sometimes don't stand out to you. Time sensitivity is one of them, right? And so we're going to go over that. And so it is the intention to know what is first and then what is next. So why do nurses need to prioritize? Because prioritization, it allows, and this is where you're filling in your blanks here, prioritization, it determining, it, it allows for you to be able to determine effective healthcare outcomes, okay? If you prioritize effectively, your patient is gonna have a better outcome, okay? They'll, they'll be able to live longer. Secondly, developing an appropriate action plan. And then deciding which client to treat first in a situation where you have a complicated caseload. And we know complicated caseloads are going to be expected for your NCLEX exam. And then in nursing school as well, you should be being exposed to complicated caseloads. And so we are going to do the ABCs of prioritization, but I'm going to remar this thing. So I'm going to make it way simpler than it, it typically is presented. So let's remar ABCs of prioritization. So the ABCs of nursing prioritization are always the starting point of clinical judgment. When you talk about being able to have great clinical judgment, prioritization is the start of that. 
And ABCs are the mnemonic for remembering what is most important in challenging situations. So how do we prioritize, how do we prioritize in the ABC pattern? We asked ourselves, does the client have a patent airway? Okay, now that is very important because the airway is how the oxygen is getting to the lungs. B, does the client have spontaneous breathing? Spontaneous is the key word. The client needs to be able to ventilate on their own. And then C, does the client have effective circulation? Now, what I want to do, because I already know that you guys know airway breathing circulation. I know that you know that. What I don't know that you know, and I need you to understand is what are the treatments if one of these things are not in place? Because prioritization by the treatment is essential and it will help you get out of any challenging question that NCLEX presents to you. Because sometimes it's not as easy as airway breathing circulation if everybody has a circulation problem or if everybody has an airway problem, right? How do you get out of those situations? You get out of those situations by looking at the treatment. So let me ask you this first, and I wanna see the comments on the screen. What is the treatment for a complication of airway? If you have an airway patient and they don't have a patent airway, what is the treatment? Give it to me. Who knows that? This is how you get into content, all right? This is what I like to do. I like to go beyond the surface level. Anybody can tell you ABCs. Anybody can tell you that, okay? People are saying oxygen. Mm, no, it's not oxygen. It's not oxygen. If my patient doesn't have a patent airway, if I put oxygen on them, is it gonna work? Is it gonna make a difference? Not really, right? Not really. So the <laughs> positioning, you position the patient, that's good. And there's no, there's no wrong answer here. There's just whether you tried or you didn't try. So let's try. Correct answer is we gotta do, we gotta create a patent airway. So we are doing mechanical ventilation, intubation, right? If the airway's not patent, tracheostomy with intubation. All right. Uh, I like that. Even suctioning, maybe suctioning. But essentially, the go-to thing in your mind is going to be, I need to intubate this patient. I need to open up the airway. I need to. Yep. Okay. So let's think about that for patent airway. What about um, if the patient doesn't have spontaneous breathing, if they don't have good gas exchange, what is the treatment? What are we going to be doing for that patient? And this is all good. This is all good for our next study session. So I know what I can get into. 2000 nurses studying on a Monday night. This is the largest NCLEX review on the planet right now. If we were all in one room, it would be crazy. Guinness World Book of Records would be there. I love it. I love it. I love it. So B, yeah, I want to see oxygen. Definitely. Positioning helps with B. What else do we have? There's some medications that will help, right? If our patient has ventilation problems, 
what kind of medications can we give if the gas exchange is not happening the way we need to? Say our patient has, uh, see they're, they're wheezing, they're, they're, they're having asthma, right? Which is a B problem, it's a breathing problem. What can we give them? Could we give them bronchodilators? Mm-hmm. Good job, albuterol. Albuterol is a short term. Yep, it's a short, it's gonna work fast. Albuterol works fast. But the thing about albuterol is what? It's short term. So the body becomes, uh, it becomes used to albuterol. So it wears off its effectiveness. But in the beginning, yeah, yeah, we give that. Great job. Okay. Now let's talk about C. You guys know circulation. What is the treatment for uh, ineffective circulation? What do we have here? What am I looking for? And, and I want you to think about when I'm talking about your patient having ineffective circulation, what is the, uh, what is the priority there? What is the priority? Somebody says, I, uh, CV, CPR, what, uh, IV fluids. So circulation can definitely be low blood volume, but it can it also be high blood volume. Is hypertension a circulation problem? Is, is hypertension a circulation problem? Yes, it is. The heart, yes. Okay. Patient might need diuretics, might be too much fluid. What else do we have? The Exactly, exactly. So circulation can be a gunshot wound. Is a gunshot wound a circulation problem? Absolutely. Is a DVT? Yes. All right. So when we're talking about prioritization and we're using the ABC pattern, sometimes ABC is not enough and you have to take it to the next level and think about what are the treatments that my patient is requiring right now, right now. I hope you're learning something. I hope you're learning. This is what we do at Remar. Welcome to the party. So here, let's do this one. Based on what we just learned, our concept of prioritization, arranging these patients in the chronological order. So we have a client with a respiratory rate of 30 breaths per minute, client with positive strider sound, client with bluest discoloration of both hands. Who is our primary patient? Who's the patient we need to see first? Who's the patient we need to see second? And who's the patient we need to see third? Write it down on your paper. Who's the highest priority here? Is it the patient with a respiratory rate of 30 breaths per minute? Patient with positive strider sound? Patient with bluest discoloration of both hands? Hey, we are climbing up in numbers here. I didn't know there's so many nurses interested in NCLEX prep tonight. You guys have made your way. This is scary topics for NCLEX, but prioritization won't be scary for you guys after this. I promise. I promise. Correct order. Number one, we got to see that patient with the positive strider sound. Positive strider is severe respiratory distress. This patient is needing another airway. Second is a ventilation problem, respiratory rate of 30. The patient is hyperventilating, meaning that they're not getting the oxygenation that they need. We need to see about that. And then patient with the bluest discoloration of both hands is going to be our third, third patient. Did you get that one right? 
Did you get that one right? Okay. Great way to do it. ABCs. The second one is Maslow's hierarchy of needs. This is another prioritization technique that is rooted in understanding the content of this subject. And so with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you definitely have to know what are the foundational elements of living. Like what do you absolutely need in order to just base be alive? And then going on from there. So let's go over it. If you haven't done it in a long time or you have not yet gotten to this in nursing school, this is your review. So number one, the most important thing according to Maslow's is going to be the physiological needs of the patient, the physiological needs of the patient. So in terms of physical needs, airway, activity and status, all right, are going to be primary, the cardiovascular condition of the patient, the gastrointestinal needs of the patient. So flu foods, fluids, and nutritional intake. Also, the patient's ability to eliminate the things that are put into the body. So patients who have um, gastric obstruction or kidney issues, those patients in general are going to be unstable or high priority patients. So be look, looking out for them on your next prioritization question on NCLEX. The second pillar of Maslow's is going to be, and thank you for the wonderful notes and comments. I love people who take notes for other students. <laughs> safety, safety. Now check this out. When we think of safety, I know sometimes it's like, okay, does the patient have housing? But another element that I don't hear talked about when it comes to safety is medical safety and security. Meaning, does your patient have access to safe medical care? Are they able to be in a situation where prevention of injuries or illness is apparent? Um, is your patient able to, you know, be secure in knowing, be confident in knowing that the, the medical staff is going to be able to treat them. That is another element of safety that is very important. So yes, safety is the priority. It's the next priority. And when, when I discuss psych and V2, I think that safety comes into play a lot, particularly patients who are on psychiatric medications and they don't have access to those psychiatric medications. Y'all better study the psych medications for NCLEX because they will show up in prioritization scenarios too. Three is love and belonging needs. Does your patient have a necessary support system while avoiding feeling alone and isolated? So, oh my goodness, how important is this in the longevity of a patient's life? Do they feel like they are alone? Do they feel like they are isolated? Because if they do, then that will give you issues, okay? That will give you issues. Four, self-esteem. Self-esteem. The client having a sense of worth and acceptance, establishing competence and control, and developing a positive perspective, among other things. That is self-esteem. And that just kind of is self-explanatory how a patient feels about their own self-worth and what they're able to contribute to 
the group, okay? Uh, what they're able to contribute to the group. Shout out to everybody with their workbooks because you guys are making this class so much easier. Self-actualization, this is the top of the pillar. This is what we hope that our patients will achieve. And this is the client being in an, an environment that is actually going to promote their health and well-being to the highest extent. It is going to support them, their hope, their growth, and their spirituality, and making sure that they indeed reach their highest potential. So that's what we want for our patients. That is what we want for them. So here is my A for activity, okay? A for activity. This is based on Maslow's concept of prioritization. So I wanted you to arrange the following in chronological order. So what is most important to what is least important? And I hope we end up with the same answers here because we have acceptance, housing, personal growth, health insurance, or self-worth. So what is the most important thing here? What would you say number one would be? What would you say number one would be? Valeria says, housing? You're like, housing, <laughs> number one? Hmm. If housing is number one, what's number two? Okay, did you write it down in your book? Here's the right answer here. When you're looking at all of these, Number one, indeed, is housing. Yes. And then number two, did you get this? Is health insurance. Yep. Health insurance. Three is going to be acceptance. Four, self-worth is four. It's what I have on my paper. And then the final one is personal growth. Personal growth. And so, again, again, I'm glad you guys got that. Yes. Again, when we're talking about Maslow's, when we're talking about Maslow's, we have to remember this, and I wrote it on the book, this was the Remar note, that when we are, <laughs> when we are following Maslow's hierarchy of needs theory, this is a theory, the nurse should always prioritize those physical needs, shelter, water, food, okay? Um, that's going to be that is going to be the priority and then followed by safety, security needs, and so on. Self-actualization is literally the, it's the lowest priority that you as the nurse needs, you need to meet, you need to meet, okay? All right, um, and then here, ah, the nursing process, the nursing process. And so I wanted to look at another angle of the nursing process because in nursing school, we're introduced to the nursing process as being required for nursing care. So essentially, you cannot take care of a patient apart from following the nursing process. It's not possible. There are five steps that you need to do. There are five steps that you need to do for the nursing process. And I know this is a scary topic, but I want to acknowledge all of my Remar nurses who come on here and say, I passed my NCLEX. Thank God. Glory be to the most high God. Thank you, Remar Review. Amazing, amazing. Thank you so much for coming in to Scary Topics and letting us know that you passed NCLEX. There's never a bad time to celebrate 
new Remar nurses. So go ahead and say congratulations to the Remar nurses that are passing NCLEX every single day. I love it. I love it. I love it. And so the five-step process for the nursing process is this, okay? Okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I got to break in again. I got to break in again. Where'd you go? Where'd you go? Remar nurses. Um, here it is. Come back, come back, come back. Hi, Regina. This is Nurse Daphne. I love that name, by the way. Hi, Regina. I want to take the time out to say I took my NCLEX on October 18th and I passed with 145 questions. Whew. Giving glory to God. Thank you, Regina and Mark and the Remark community. You went all the way, but that's okay as long as you came out there with your license. And let me tell you this. When you guys are taking that test, everything that you're doing, Everything that you're doing right now is going to show up. So that is why you have to go, every, you have to, every opportunity that you can to study this content, take it. Because when you're in front of that exam and it goes over 85 and it goes over 100 and it goes over 120, you have to keep your head in the game and say, no matter what, I'm not leaving without my license. I came here for my license. I'm leaving with it. So I love that testimonial, Nurse Daphne. Thank you so much. The nursing process steps are going to be assessment, diagnosis, and nurses, yes, we do have our own diagnosis, planning, implementation, evaluation, okay? And if you've never heard of this before, the mnemonic is ADPI. The A is for assessment, the D is for diagnosis, the P is for planning, and you're going to pie that thing out implementation and evaluation can will must you guys can know this information you can remember it it's really simple i'm going to show you how to do it every time so with assessment with assessment let's fill in our blanks here the first step of the nursing process is to gather information about your client's condition you are gathering information about it and whether you're a rn you know, or a PN, you do some form of this step. You are assessing that something is abnormal or irregular in your patient. So assessment is first. Then the diagnosis is for you to do. The nurse is going to identify the client's problem. The nurse is going to identify the client's problem. And that is why you are the most valuable. That's why nurses are making... $2,000, $3,000, $4,000 a week it is because you are the eyes and ears on that patient. So a hospital is going to pay you $2,000 so they don't end up having to treat a $60,000, $70,000 problem. Okay. All right. And so I want to encourage you guys. We're almost there. We're almost close to the journey, but you got to know this content in order to be safe. Okay. Planning. This involves setting up a plan and identifying goals and patient outcome. You, you need to be able to um, identify this. Implementation is the action that you do as the nurse, okay? It's the action that you do as the nurse in terms of your nursing interventions. And those are going to be assigned to you in the care plan. And then evaluation. It's the final step. It's just determining whether the goal or the outcomes were met, whether they were met or whether they weren't met. And so now that I'm introducing the topic to you, 
I introduced it to you. Now I want to ask you questions about it. And this is the order that you study for NCLEX. You do content first and then you do questions, okay? Content first and then you do questions. So on your worksheet here, I have a list of activities for you, okay? A list of activities. And I just want us to talk about what they are, okay? I just want us to talk about what they are. Did you guys get the planning line? Let me go back. Some, somebody said, I need, I need you to do planning again. So planning was, let me go back to the slide. That's okay. That's why this is a live class so we can do things like this. <laughs> All right. Planning involves setting up a plan and identifying goals and patient outcomes. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. All right. The workbook that we are filling out came if you signed up for scary topics okay this is the work and i told you guys you needed the workbook because we are going through so much information that it's a lot to write down it's a lot to write down and i understand that but it's what we got to do we got to do it okay so now let me go to the um let me go to the slide where we currently are which is getting ready to do this activity all right now here are here are the activities and we need to know is this assessment, diagnosis, planning, implementation, or evaluation? Okay. Now, so here we go. Ambulate down the hallway six feet twice a day. When you talk about ad pie, is that assessment, diagnosis, planning, implementation, or evaluation? Ooh, what do we say? <laughs> I went over this on one of my uh, Monday classes, I believe. So if we are, if we're ambulating down the hall, okay, that is going to be, and I'm just going to tell you this because I think the next slide has all of this. That is definitely going to be planning, okay? Planning. Why? because it is a prescription. It is a, it is something that we intend for the patient to do. Does that make sense? Ambulate down the hallway six feet twice daily. I know a lot of you guys put implementation, but that's the action. Did the patient do that? Did the patient ambulate down the hall twice today or do we intend for them to do that? Do you see where that is? Do you see how tricky that can be? Okay. All right. And this is a great next generation NCLEX question. Okay. This is a great in, uh, next generation NCLEX question. So I'm glad you're here, right? There was like, oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay. It doesn't make sense to you. All right. So it may sound like an action because it actually says ambulate down the hall, right? But we have to we have to relate it to our patient's current status. So the nurse comes in and the nurse says, today you're going to ambulate down the hall, right? Is that the patient actually doing that or is that part of the plan of care? Okay, It's just part of the plan of care. If the patient actually did it, what would that say? Are we together? I hope I'm, I'm hope I'm, you know, my goal is for it to make sense to you. So I hope that it is making sense. Let me know, right? Because if the patient had did it, it would say ambulated, 
down the hall, six feet twice per day. That's what it would say. All right, so you gotta be very, very careful with these. Okay, read the medical records. Let's do that one. Reading the medical records, let's write it down. Is that assessment, implementation? Is that diagnosis? Is that evaluation? Okay, so you guys are like, oh, I don't know. Let me, let me be careful. <laughs> so if it, if it just says read the medical records, if the nurse is reading the medical records, we know that is assessment. Perfect. We got that one. Let's do C, ineffective airway clearance in the nurse's note. What does that sound like? The patient has ineffective airway clearance. Is that um, implementation? Is that planning? Is that assessment? This one, this one might be tough. Ooh, ineffective airway clearance actually is a diagnosis, okay? Ineffective airway clearance is a nursing diagnosis because that's going to be based off of what? An assessment. It's gonna be based off of an assessment finding, right? And so you have to have done an assessment to document ineffective airway clearance. Make sense? Okay, oxygen, four liters, nasal cannula, stat. What is that? Is that uh, implementation or planning or a diagnosis? I think that's where we will be. Oxygen, four liters, nasal cannula, stat. I love the comments. You guys are really trying. I can feel it. And that's what this is all about. Not only showing up, but actually critically thinking with me, doing doing these activities. My, my review is never gonna be passive. I'm never gonna just be doing all the work. I'm never gonna be just lecturing and it's boring. You guys have to participate in this. So you're doing it the right way. So oxygenation, four liters nasal cannula stat, that's planning. That's a plan. I think another way you can look at a plan would be an order. So if it's written like an order, then it's part of a plan. Make sense? Okay. Administered ferrosamide. What is ferrosamide? Oh my goodness. Ferrosamide, 40 milligrams IV. What is that? Is that a, is that implementation or is that a plan? No, stat doesn't make it implementation. Stat doesn't make it implementation because that's part of the plan. That's, that's now. That's give it now, right? But it doesn't mean that it has been done. Whereas uh, administered ferrosamide, because you see that past tense, right? Because you see that past tense there, it was done. It's an action that was done. So that is implementation. Implementation. Okay, and I know if this is your first time and you've never been asked this before, it's okay to struggle through this because what's better, like this is why this is scary topics because if you would have just got this on the NCLEX exam, it would have been scary because it would have been like, um, nobody talked about this. <laughs> this is where that anxiety and fear comes from is when you're not exposed to critical thinking, okay? This is where it comes from. You get scared when you don't know. So uh, E is definitely, you guys are getting this, E is implementation, okay? There's levels to this thing. There's levels to this thing. Physical exam results, okay? If we're filling out our workbook and the nurse is 
looking at. The nurse has physical exam results. What part of the nursing process is this? Is this assessment? Is this implementation? Is this diagnosis? Is this evaluation? What are we having here? Physical exam results. Oh, I see the, con the controversy is in the comments by all the different answers. Oh, this is tough though. Wait, you know what? Sometimes you guys present me things and I have to think about it. Physical exam results are actually assessment findings. So it would be under assessment, okay? It would be under assessment, physical exam results. And I hope somebody can, I hope somebody can understand why. Physical exam results are going to be part of the assessment process. Does the patient have a barrel chest? Are the pulses present? Is there, is there capillary refill? Okay. Does that make sense? A lot of people put evaluation but that's not the proper term here because evaluation is based off of what? The outcome, the planning. Has the patient fulfilled the nursing care plan? Are we there yet? I like that. Ah, okay. And that's, and that's why, you know what? Part of being a nurse is understanding the language. Okay. Does that make sense now? Are we good? Yes. The evaluation has to be based on goals. Where the goals met. All right. G, the last one is risk for skin breakdown. Risk for skin breakdown is what? Risk for skin breakdown is going to be diagnosis, right? Nursing diagnosis. So all in all, this is what your, this is what your workbook should look like. It's beautiful out here. It's all content. It's all good. And this is what makes the difference in between being a safe nurse and a nurse that has to come back and try it again because she didn't pass NCLEX. So we're doing the hard work. So if it feels hard, this is good. This is changing you. This is expanding your mind. Okay. Okay. This is expanding your mind. Um. An example of an evaluation, example of an evaluation would be patient remained free from falling for 48 hours, right? Um, it would be um, lab coagulations are back to normal, okay? That's an evaluation. Does that make sense? Okay, and I love it, but I got to move on. We got to move on to the next thing. Hey, delegation, ooh, another part of management of care that you must master in order to be a safe nurse in real life. This is about real life. Okay, so with delegation, what do I have here? I have here, delegation is, let, let me tell you this. The main things, and, and what also may feel hard about this is that 
These are topics, prioritization, delegation, infection control. These are topics that I go over in V2, but I, I typically go over them last. And the reason why I go over them last is because I find that there are so many little things that nursing students, um, they have not mastered in nursing school yet, but you're expected to know them on your licensure exam. So in the V2, okay, those are subjects that you will go over, but you will have to go over more things before this. All right. So if it's your, like I said, if you're doing this with me, you haven't done a Remar review before and it feels tough, just know that number one is supposed to be tough, but two, there, there might be some other fundamental elements of the nursing process that you haven't mastered yet. And so that's why this is, is, is a little bit challenging for you. But get in V2 because the $69 price is for you, all right? This is for anybody that has to take the NCLEX exam this year. This is going to be the opportunity for you to do it. And, and honestly, it's an investment into something that is going to save somebody's life later on and also make you a better nurse immediately. The difference between an unsafe nurse and a safe nurse is literally what that person knows in the moment, is what that person knows in the moment. So I know that a lot of you after this class will say, I needed this. I needed this. All right. And that's the opportunity that I'm trying to pre present. I want you to see the difference than just doing questions and actually studying the content. There is a huge difference when you know what you're supposed to know. So let's get into delegation. And I'll show you guys how to order it at the end. I'll go to my website and everything just to make sure that you know how to get the sale price and you know how to start when you need to start. Okay. Delegation. Delegation is another high level topic for the NCLEX exam. And it has to be mastered whether you're an RN or a PN because you absolutely delegate. So delegation is the process from a nurse to direct another nurse. That's essentially what it is. You have to know which nurses do certain things, okay? Tasks and activities. And so there are two people. Delegation involves at least two individuals. The delegator and the delegatee. The delegator and the delegatee. Write that down. Okay. The delegator and the delegatee. Now, the delegators are the one who transfers the task. So it is the person who gives the task to somebody else. Now, very, very, very important. Even when you delegate as a nurse, when you delegate, when you transfer a task to another person, you are going to maintain the responsibility and accountability for it. So if you're an RN and you delegate a task to a PN or an aide, guess who still maintains responsibility for it, okay? The RN does. And so that's very tricky sometimes for uh, PNs to understand and also international nurses to understand. Because I know some international nurses don't work with PNs. There's not a PN practice. There's just a registered nurse and an aide, or sometimes it's just the nurse and there's not an aide. So we, we do have to understand this. Okay. And so 
the delegatee is somebody who performs the task, but you still maintain accountability. Okay, does that make sense? So if you give the task as a, as a registered nurse, if you give the task to somebody else to do, you're always still responsible for it. If the person doesn't do it, you're still responsible. It still has to get done, okay? PNs, practical nurses, licensed vocational nurses, PN and LVN is the same thing. If you give a task to an unlicensed person, you're still responsible for it. You're still responsible for it. So the definitions here that I need to go over, what are the three essential components of delegation? What are the three essential components? They are those terms, responsibility, authority, accountability. Okay, what do those things mean for a nurse? This is good, this is good stuff, right? In delegation, there is responsibility, authority, and accountability. So let's talk about the responsibility. And these are things like, when it comes to delegation, delegation is not critical thinking. Delegation is memorization. You have to memorize this. So responsibility is just based on your professional duty. Essentially, what is that person's scope of practice? What are things that practical nurses do, registered nurses, and CNAs do, okay? If you have my V2 workbook, this is discussed on page 107, all right? 107 in the workbook. And we literally, I took the notes here, we literally go over, ah, the light, go over, okay, that information. So what is the RN scope of practice, the PN scope of practice, the CNA scope of practice? That will determine the responsibility. The second is authority, authority. So the individual's ability to complete within that specific role. Are they able to do it? Because part of delegating a task as a nurse is you have to also determine, is this person capable of doing it? Just because CNAs take vital signs, do that mean they always take vital signs? They can take anybody's vital signs? No, no way. Not if that person is unstable, not if that person is a new admission, not if that person has an arterial catheter, they better not, right? So what is that person's authority, okay? All right, and then, and this is very important because I see your comment. In my job, they do, they always do. Yes, okay. And so one thing we know about NCLEX, what do we know about NCLEX? We are never picking the answers that are, that are going on in real life. So basically, if they're doing anything in your job, that's what we're not gonna pick, okay? Because NCLEX is by the book. And we know real life is not always by the book. So that's another reason why sometimes uh, nurses or people who are working in hospitals, they don't do well on NCLEX because when they don't know something, they just think, well, this is how my job does it. And usually 
that's not going to be the answer. Okay. So come into the perfect world, come into our world right now. Okay. Accountability is this essentially everybody's accountable. Always accountability is just the legal liability for actions related to client care. And I have seen this change so much in nursing to the point now where nurses are, they're legally, they're legally being uh, punished for doing things that are even within their scope of practice, right? So beforehand, just for an example, if a doctor wrote an order wrong and the nurse gave that medication, right? Beforehand, she would not be criminally charged because she was following an order. Um, the doctor would be more so the person who is looked at for accountability because they're supposed to know, right? And the nurse is just following orders. My God, nurses now are getting like jail time for giving doctor's orders, like for following doctor's orders. So it's very serious out here, guys. And I always say this, you are doing so much to secure your nursing license. Don't lose it. Don't lose it by um, not being very, what's the word I'm looking for? By not being very protective and not knowing your scope of practice. It's very important for you as a nurse to know things you should and should not be doing in general. Okay. That's another thing. That's a, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother hobby horse I like to ride. <laughs> so the five rights of delegation, write this down, write this down. Five rights of delegation are going to be, number one, the right task. Two, right circumstances. Three, right person. Four, right supervision and five, right communication. So these were the five that were to be written in your workbooks. I'm on page seven of the workbook. Page seven of the workbook. Yes, yes, yes. It's dangerous out here in these nursing streets. So all the hard work that you are doing, okay? Um, you need to make sure that you are on the up and up at all times. Vigilant. That's the word I was looking for. You must be vigilant and you must be thick skinned to tell a doctor, no, I'm not doing it. Write me up. <laughs> Got to do that. All right. Um, oh, there are only three blanks. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I apologize for that. Write number four and five down too, please. Write task number one, two right circumstances, three right person. Four, right supervision, and then right communication. Okay, all right. Is it? Oh, am I am I on the wrong page? I'm on. It's, it's possible. My book may look a little different from yours. We are filling out our workbooks. Welcome if you're just joining us. This is Scary Topics, and we are getting into the content in a deep way. We're deep diving in. This is how we do it. Okay, so. Let's do the activity here. Putting in, is this the right circumstance, right task, right communication, right person, or right supervision? It says blank is one that is delegated for a specific patient, such as tasks that require little supervision, are repetitive, non-invasive, and have predictable results with minimal risk involved. What say if you guys right here, 
I have for this first one is this. I have for this first one is this. This is the right task. This is the right task. I love this. Pamela, I'm so happy you're here. Pamela says, what a wonderful review. I took time off due to stress of family things and it's like riding a bike. That means that you are meant to be a nurse. If this feels easy, if this feels good, if you guys are having fun, what type of people are you? I know somebody else would be like, when does it end? But you guys are loving this. This means that you should be a nurse, okay? All right, she said it's like riding a bike, okay? All right, the next activity blank is this. One should consider the patient setting, available resources, and other relevant factors before delegating a task. So what would, what would this be? We already use right task, so it's not right task. It's talking about patient setting, available resources and other relevant factors. This I have in my paper is right circumstances, right circumstances. The next box says this blank describes delegating the appropriate task to the right healthcare person to be performed on the correct patient. Got to make sure that's done. Got to make sure it's the right what? (laughs) It is going to be the right person for this one. Good job. And I think we only have a few more left. So this is considering the four C's when giving direction and communication, which include clear, concise, and complete and correct information. This should also include the objective, limits and expectations of the task at hand. What say if you guys here, this is absolutely going to be the right communication. Good job. You guys are on a roll with this. We should be able to sew this up and move right along. Right communication was for this one. And then we have here blank provides appropriate monitoring and evaluation as well as intervention and feedback as needed. So this final one, because we only had one left, it is going to be the right supervision. Great, great review of those definition terms. We have one more element of delegation and that is just to go over actually specific things that the nurse the registered nurse, the LPN, or the UAP do. So let's just go through this quickly. Again, if this is your first time hearing this, you've never been prepped on delegation, just take it in as much as possible. Getting the V2 will slow it down and make sure you know all the elements of this. So the first one, does the RN, the PN, or the UAP do this? Assessment. Just if NCLEX gives you assessment, A UAP is unlicensed assistive personnel. It's like an aide. Who does the assessment? RN, PN, aide, UAP. What do we say? We say RN for that one. So put that down in your workbooks. Check the RN. Um, The second thing, if NCLEX gives you face value, range of motion exercises. Who can do the range of motion exercises? Who are we going to say? I'm going to put RN for the first one. Assessment, 
range of motion exercises is going to be the, what do you have? Oh, somebody says all of them, all of them. So this is really tricky because typically the answer is not all of them. We're going to have the UAP do that, but it's very important that we don't over-delegate. Okay, so for example, even though the RN can do range of motion exercises, do we want the RN spending time doing range of motion exercises? Is that the, uh, the most effective way to run a floor to delegate? We talk about resources. Do you want the RN doing range of motion exercises? No, not at all. We want to have the people who are empowered to do certain tasks, do those tasks. Let me see here if I have an example of it. In my mind, I'm thinking about um, a lot of registered nurses when they see the task bed baths or bathing a client, they will actually assign that to the practical nurse. They will think that it is okay to assign a bed bath to a practical nurse. That's heinous. You would never do that. The practical nurse is able to do so much higher function things that never choose that for NCLEX or in real life, okay, or in real life. Okay, let's move on. Uh, evaluation, who does that? RN, um, PN, or UAP for evaluation? That is going to be the, okay, and, and literally, just go straight from what you see here. Don't read into this. Please, guys, do not read into this. If it doesn't say, um, you know, I don't know. If, if it doesn't say, like, new or acute, just take it straight as it is. All right. So evaluation is the RN. Good job. What about chronic and stable patients? Who gets the stable patient? Anytime you see this word stable, you're going to know it is the LPN, LVN. Yes. And the difference between LPN and LVN is in California, they call it LVN, the licensed vocational nurse. I don't know why, but California does it. So that's why we see that there. Taking vital signs. Who do we have take the vital signs? That's going to be the aid, the UAP. They're going to take vital signs. Now, of course, if the patient is unstable in any way, the patient is unstable, it'll be the RN. But if it's straight vital signs, the UAP. That's the same with the range of motion exercises. The UAP does that. Okay. Uh, what do we have here? Oral medications. This is a good one. Who can give oral medications, oral meds? Is it the, can the UAP give oral meds? Okay. No, no, the AIDS never give any prescribed medications. So that is going to be the LPN. And th this, is the, this is very important. The LPNs give oral medications. Yes. The IV medications are going to be the RN. Just, just for NCLEX, just let the RN give the IV medication. Okay. Good, good, good. Activities of daily living. Activities of daily living are eating, brushing your teeth, combing your hair, getting dressed. Who do we have do that? 
Somebody without a license can do that. Yes, somebody without a license. So the activities of daily living are going to be the UAP. This is good. Reinforcing education. Ah, love this. Reinforcing education. Who's going to do that? We will have the LPN. The LPN teach. They do follow-up teaching. They do reinforced teaching. That's why it is very important for LPNs to also do an NCLEX review because some things in nursing school that they didn't review can show up on your licensure exam, like EKGs, medication teachings, all those things. You still have to be able to do those things. Yeah. Documenting. Intake and output documentation of intake and output. Who are we going to have do that? Yes, we are going to have, we are going to have the UAP. Good job. And so your paper should look like this afterwards. Bam. Good job, everybody. We talked through these. Okay. We talked through these. So evaluation, that's going to be the RN. Okay, if you have a decision, if you can only pick one, this is what your paper should look like. If you only pick one. This is playing it safe in a perfect world. Okay. Now let's get into this. Cultural competence is very important for next gen NCLEX. Cultural competence um, and having to holistically care for a patient is going to do with the improvement of patient outcomes. And so Grief and loss, psychiatrics is very important here. Let's go over it. So the first question is, what's the difference between grief and loss? Grief and loss. So grief is the total response to the emotional experience related to loss. So grief is normal. It's natural. When you lose something, there are feelings attached to that loss. And I know many of us are, have grieved in the past. Some of us are still grieving. And so uh, being able to be a great nurse is going to, um, is going to be possible because you will know, you will know uh, the experience of grief, right? And so in general, when we talk about the lifespan and talk about development, psychiatrics, there are essentially two types of grief. Uh, I'm sorry two types of loss, okay? Two types of loss that you can experience. And I'm gonna talk about the definition and the example of them. So two types of loss. And if you know this, great, but if you're learning something, that's even better. And so the two types of loss are actual, okay? And perceived. And so an actual loss is an objective loss. It is something that, uh, can be measured. It is something that can be identified. It has a, a numeric value to it in a way. An example of that would be death. Okay. If you have lost one parent, if you have lost uh, a one sibling or two siblings, or, you know, it is an actual loss that can be quantified in, in a way, in a way. Okay. Whereas perceived loss is subjective. So um, the identifier is, is variable, 
I, I tried to come up with some examples of perceived loss. So like freedom, <laughs> you know, some people feel like you lose a sense of freedom. And I was trying to think of examples of that. Maybe, you know, when you become a parent, for those of you who have children, you don't have the same freedom that you had as a, you know, before, before you had kids. Or if you, um, what's another example of losing your freedom? Maybe, you know, if you're, well, no, because that would be objective. Hmm. I was going to say if you were put in jail, but I think that's that's kind of an actual loss. Okay. <laughs> so I, I think youth, you know, because some people, yeah, going to jail, it was the same thing I was thinking. Um, youthfulness, maybe at 30, some people feel like, you know, they no longer have their youth. Some people at 80 still feel like they're very young. So that's a subjective. And independence, yes, you know. When you become married, you're no longer able to go out to the clubs or wherever you was going before because you're married now. And so, uh, oh, the the loss of failing the NCLEX. Ooh, oh, the loss of failing the NCLEX. Somebody can talk about it. Somebody can talk about it. Um, that's definitely something that people grieve to. Moving, moving to another country. I, I didn't think about that, okay? Um, inability to do your activities of daily living. Oh, these are good. Um, inability to do your activities of daily living. I feel like that's an actual, okay? Mm, moving out, okay? When you move out, you do lose that sense of freedom to me because you got to start paying bills. And those bills are shackles on your wallet, okay? All right, losing a limb. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Brother Robert says, I'm, I'm in my 60s and I'm feeling young. I love it, love it, love it. So examples, great. Thank you for helping me with that. Um, actual and perceived loss. So whether you're experiencing an actual or perceived loss, it is, it is normal for you to have a sense of grief about it, a sense of grief about it. So what are the healthy and unhealthy types of grief? And these are more, I you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk these through because, Healthy grief, abbreviated grief. What does that mean? When grief is abbreviated, and this is interesting, when grief is abbreviated, it is not long-lived. It is short-lived. This is considered healthy grief. Anywhere, if, if your grief is six months to two years, that's considered healthy. Okay? Six months to two years is abbreviated grief. Um, you know, I was trying to think of ways that abbreviated grief may come into play, especially for patients, you know, cause we're taking care of patients. Abbreviated grief is if, um, a husband loses his wife and a, a year or two later, he gets remarried to somebody else that's considered healthy. Okay. And so for us, it is very important that we don't uh, judge other people's healthy grief because everybody has a different grieving process. Anticipatory grief is also anticipatory grief is also healthy in a sense that when a person has bad news given to them, they begin to grieve before 
the big thing happens. So for example, when you get a, um, a diagnosis and it is, you know, it's, it's a very serious diagnosis, you start to feel, you know, you start to be, you know, in denial about it. You go through the stages, you're angry. These are all, these are all forms, you know, of anticipatory grief. You start to project how your life is going to be. That's considered normal. Disenfranchised grief. Have you heard of this one before? It's very common. It's very common in nursing to see disenfranchised grief. Um, disenfranchised grief is grief that is not socially accepted. It is grief that most people won't publicly acknowledge. And so it would be like, um, what I have here? If your favorite show ends, if you love, you know, if you loved, uh, what's the medical show that everybody liked to watch? Oh, goodness. What's the name of that show? Help me, please. It's the show. It was a, it was a whole bunch of doctors. I never watched it because I don't like, I don't like medical dramas usually, but it was a show that everybody liked. And it was a doctor's show and it was girl doctors and boy doctors. Grey's Anatomy. Yes. And I'm telling you, it was like, especially in, in nursing, people were like grieving that the show was over. They did not know what they were going to do because of Grey's Anatomy that they was watching on Monday nights or whatever it was. Disenfranchised grief. Because most of us was, you know, most of the people who are not into medical shows were kind of like, what's the big deal? But people were well, like, Shawnee says, yes, I was devastated. <laughs> right? Oh, another disenfranchised grief, something that is not publicly accepted. I saw the comment, uh, if a woman loses her lover, okay, mm, that's good disenfranchised grief. How about this? If a pet dies. Now, I know some people, especially here in America, we go hard for our pets, okay? We go hard for our pets. So if a pet dies, some people may not really see what the big deal is. Other people might have funerals for their pets or, you know, might get their pets, you know, stuffed or, you know, things like that, okay? That's a disenfranchised grief. Uh, abortion, okay? Abortion. So these are uh, these are healthy forms of grief. Even so, what what Inclect is trying to point out here is that even if it's not so socially accepted and people aren't understanding, if a patient comes in and like Robert says, their their favorite restaurant closes down, and it's a restaurant they've been going to for years and years and years, and they're sad about it, you have to find a way to be therapeutic to that patient. You lose a good doctor, a neighbor moving away. Uh, you had a funeral for your hamster. Yeah, right? War, okay? And so these are healthy forms of grief. Mm -hmm. Now, let's look at the unhealthy forms of grief. So you have here complicated, and I love the examples that you guys are giving because they're more than what I have written down. Complicated grief, delayed grief, exaggerated grief. So the definition of complicated grief is the intensity never decreases. So when the person 
thinks about the death, talks about the death, is reminded of the death, they feel the same intensity as if the day it happened. That's complicated grief. The intensity never goes away. Of The devastation never goes away. Now, I don't know if you guys have some examples of that. I, um, you know, blessed, I'm, I'm blessed. So I don't have, I don't have really big examples of grieving process. Um, I don't, let me see. So what would be an example of complicated grief? Give me one. Complicated grief, the intensity never goes away. Stacy says, my daughter's death. I can imagine, I can imagine that. That feeling never going away. Tobago says, suicide of a loved one. Okay. If your wife died, when you lose your mother, okay, the loss of a mother, loss of a dad. Yes. So when you think about it, that pain is still there. Okay. That is example of complicated grief. And it hurts. It hurts all the time. I read here something. Um, it said, when you lose a parent, when you lose a parent, the pain never goes away. You just learn to live with it. You just learn to live with the pain. Oh, okay. That, that could be an example of complicated grief. Um, delayed grief. Delayed grief was the second one. Delayed grief was um, you don't experience, you push off the feelings until much later where it is a, um, you know, it, 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 it comes up months or years down the line. You, you never address it. You don't talk about it. You don't go there. Okay. That's an example of delayed grief and it is unhealthy, unhealthy. Exaggerated grief this one is one that I think would be on the NCLEX because it is so clinical in nature. Um, exaggerated grief is the point where, and, and most people don't get here, okay? It is to the point where the grief becomes self-destructive. So for example, the, the person begins to have psychiatric issues, they begin to be suicidal because of the loss. Uh, what else do I have here? They begin to have nightmares. Um, they they refuse to go outside. So it, it drastically affects their quality of life. They may abuse drugs or alcohol. This is an exaggerated response to grief, right? This is an exaggerated response to grief. So our hope for our patient is that during the grieving process, even through the grief, they're able to have that, that love and belonging, that sense of community, that they are able to still maintain a healthy quality of life. So those are the types of healthy and unhealthy grief responses. And so I have here in your workbook, the healthy grief, the manifestation of grief, healthy grief looks like talking about the loss, verbalization of the loss. You can talk about it. Crying. Crying. It's, an, it's a release. It's a release of emotions when you cry. Not being able to sleep at night. You can't get restful. Loss of appetite. Not eating. 
can't concentrate. These are all healthy forms of grief. Unhealthy forms of grief are not accepting it, an extended time of denial. You don't want to believe that you know your, your, your parents are not here anymore. You don't want to believe that the event happened. And so you just live in a fictitious world. You know, that is a symptom of psychosis when you're not operating in reality. Depression and depression is an extended period of sadness where you are demonstrating negative emotions for a longer period of time. Okay. Uh, and so you can't find joy in anything. When you are depressed, you cannot be happy about anything, nothing. Okay. All right. Um, severe psychological symptoms and suicidal thoughts. Can't get past it. Can't get past it. Kubler's raw stages of grieving. This is something that has to be memorized for the NCLEX exam. If you've never seen it before, here it goes. Here it goes. The first stage is denial. And this shows up as the unbelief that the loss has happened. I think here, this is where the definition is very much consistent with what happens. Anger is an, un, an inability. The patient's unable to control their frustration, their anxiety, their irritation. Bargaining. Bargaining is trying to avoid the loss. So you negotiate. You negotiate, you know, uh, with a higher power. Okay. And, you know, and, and sometimes you get so desperate that you, you would go to any higher power. And you're just looking for the avoidance of the loss. Depression. Depression is withdrawing um, from the emptiness that occurs over the loss. So the, you know, you're you're sad, you're regretful, you're crying. You gotta know the signs of depression. And then acceptance is is initially coming to terms with the reality. So this is nonlinear. This is you know, these are the five stages, but a person can go through any of them at any time and they can go back and forth between any of them as well. Just because, you know, you go, you're in denial, you may go from denial to depression and then acceptance. Okay. All right. And so I, um, you know, these are the things that operate within our nursing care. This class tonight has been a reflection of the deep work that it takes to be prepared for your licensure exam. It is not just a matter of doing a hundred questions, you know, a day. There's so much more. And you guys demonstrated that number one, if you came here and you weren't sure if you can do it and you sat through this class, and you filled out the workbook because tomorrow we're going over the practice questions. But if you did this workbook, let me tell you this. You have the ability to learn everything that you need to learn for NCLEX. Okay. And I hope tonight you learned some things that will totally shift how you've been preparing. And I hope tonight you're finally able to say, I need help. Okay. I need help studying for NCLEX but I know where to go. 
Okay. And I hope you can thank your other classmates who attended this class and gave some beautiful comments. Okay. Gave some beautiful comments. But this is what it looks like to prepare for this exam. And as you guys can see, did we do a whole bunch of questions? No, we did not. We focused on the content. All right. We focused on getting down and looking at the things that are really going to challenge us. We have to be able to think on our feet. Okay. So if you listen, if you learned one thing tonight, I just need you to say amen. That's all I need you to do is say amen. 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 <laughs> amen. 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 All right. Um, so tomorrow, tomorrow, listen to this. Tomorrow, we will go over the NCLEX practice questions. We're going to go over the NCLEX practice questions. On tomorrow night, tomorrow night's class starts at what time? It starts at eight o'clock. Also, I'm going to show you guys in a minute how to get into the V2, how to get started, how to order it for the sale price, because there is so much more that I can teach you. But this is how I do it. All right. And I need you to have the same things, the same structures like we have before. So I need you to have your workbook. Also, your quick facts book is instrumental to this. You will have two things with the V2. You're going to have your, this is the workbook you get with V2. These two books, the downloadable workbook and then the quick facts, okay? And you talk about saving time. You will know exactly what to study with your study calendar, with your study calendar, okay? So everybody that needs to prepare for this exam, what I want to do, somebody says, um, I have it. I want. I don't want to leave this session. I was crying. I was stressed out crying every day. No, 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 no. If you have to take NCLEX anyways, you might as well do what you need to do to be prepared for it, okay? You have to take it anyways. Somebody says, my quick facts, I ordered it today. It was shipped out today. Is that true? Okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We have, um, actually, I do want to speak to this. Because remember when I told you guys we were looking for a new shipping partner because our shipping partner, we, we, we heard you guys say you wanted your books a little bit faster. So we actually did move to that shipping partner like what last week or so. And so they have been doing a phenomenal job getting you guys your, your books and your products so quickly. Even our international students are getting their books in just like days. It's amazing. So um, I, I just want shipping to the Philippines, handled it. No problem. No problem. But when you purchase, you don't have to start right away. Is there a printable V2 workbook or is there a card hard copy? Okay. So these are the questions that I want to take some time to answer really quickly. The first one I want to do is I want to answer how to order V2. Okay. So that's what I'm about to show you guys right now how to order V2. And again, what we did tonight was just a small portion, but if you got to study this stuff anyways, you might as well do it with me. So the first thing that you're going to do, first thing that you're going to do is you are going to, let me, let me do this. Let me see if I can open up a new tab because I'm already in V2. All right. How do I do this? No. no. Um, okay. That's not the one I wanted. Okay, of course. So I want to open up a private. How do I do it, Mark? I need to open up an incognito tab because I'm already logged in and it won't it won't allow me. 
So this is the real life behind the scenes. You guys were looking for Mark anyways. You were looking for him anyways. And I just needed to bring him in. This was my excuse to bring Mark in because now he got to stay and pray. Okay. <laughs> so anyways, there you go. thank you so much. So I just opened up a new browser and I'm just going to go to the website, remarnurse.com. Bam. And when you go to my website, you are going to see the V2 flash sale price anyways. Okay. And this is scary topics, which we just did. The first thing you have to do is just select whether you're a registered nurse or a practical nurse. And I see your questions. Registered nurse or practical nurse. So let's just say you're a registered nurse. Registered nurse, click on registered nurse, and you'll see here where it says join V2. Everybody see that? Join V2. And people ask me all the time, because you're going to get the $69 price for V2 for one month or the 30, the 90 day access for 129. Both are great prices. People ask me all the time, is the content different from the 30 day to the 90 day? No, it's the same content. The thing that is different is just how much time you have in the course. Now you guys know how much time you're going to need. Many of my Remar nurses say, I need two months. I knew, I know I need the three months because I'm slow. Like, that's just me. I just want to take my time. Most of you will say, let me just do it for 30 days, $69. I'm going to do, I'm going to do the study calendar. I'm going to breeze through it. I'm going to be good. All right. For $69, let me tell you what you're going to get. You're going to get quick facts. Okay. If you already have quick facts, I'm going to show you, you don't need to buy it again with the package. You can take this book off, but quick facts is you're going to get this book no matter where you are. Everybody needs quick facts because this is my, this is my question and answer book. Okay. This is my question and answer book. And in the back is the most important book, which is the pharmacology section. Okay. So this is what you will be getting. This is included. Also, you're going to get the downloadable workbook. This is something that you will have to print out, okay? When you get your study calendar, I'm going to show you where to get the study calendar too. One of the first things in study session number one is print this book out. Now, you might say, I don't want to print it out, Regina. I want a hard copy. I do have a hard copy of this book, but you have to add it on because it's not included in the $69 price, okay? It's not included. But if you don't want to go to FedEx Kinko's and print this out, some people do, some people don't, I will send you this book. It's $35. I'm going to send it to you. All right. But you got to add it on. I'll show you how to do that. So these are the things that you're getting. Plus, you're getting access to the platform. That includes the next-gen question bank, case studies, bow tie questions. All of that is in the V2, plus the videos. You are not going to find a better price than this no other review gives you the physical books. Remar is the only one that does that. The reason why I do it is because I know it makes a difference. It makes a difference because y'all don't print out, y'all don't print out everything all the time. All right. So this, this right here is going to change somebody's life. This right here is going to change somebody's life because it's everything in one place. All right. So, um, $69 for 30 days, 90 days is 129. Now, 
after the first month, there is a $50 renewal fee for the platform. So that's why I tell you guys all the time, go ahead and pick the one that is going to be most affordable and the one you're going to be able to finish on time, okay? When you're gonna be able to finish on time. So if you're doing the $69 one, what you're gonna do is click on the buy now and I'm gonna show you how to add the workbook, okay? So $69. Now, if you wanna add the physical workbook, it's $35. So you're gonna go up here where it says here and you're going to add that workbook, okay? And that will change the price to 104. Still a great price because you have the book, right? You have the book included. Also my first shift book, you can purchase that here too. That's how to be a great nurse on the floor. Okay, now let me, um, so let me look. So this is what you want. This is the price if you, okay, if you want to add the physical workbook. If you don't wanna add the physical workbook, just take it off, it'll take you to $69. If you already have quick facts, some of you already have quick facts and you just want the system, it's $49, okay? It's $49 out the door if you already have it. Got it, okay? Now, but if you don't have quick facts, you need to add quick facts, you need it. Down here where it says click here to delay your start date, this is where you can delay your start date. You do not have to start this program today, you literally, let me open up the calendar. You can delay it up to 90 days, okay? So you don't wanna start it till after November. You don't wanna start it to December. You don't wanna start it to January. This is how, this is how you delay that start date. And you have to do it when you sign up for V2 because the system won't let me delay your start date once you sign up. So it's very important that if you don't want to start tonight or tomorrow, that you delay your start date. Now, if you're testing um, in October or November, you need to get in and get started. Okay, you need to get in and get started. That's very important for you to do. All right. <laughs> so this is one of the reasons why I upgraded to the V2 because you guys know I had another system before, but it didn't let you do any of this stuff. Like it didn't let you delay your start date. It, it, it was just, it didn't allow us to give you the documents and everything. So did I answer the questions here? I need to continue my subscription. If you need to continue your subscription, it will just keep going. All right. Um, the, the downloadable workbook, let me see. I'm gonna show you how many pages it is. So are you guys on all clear on how to delay your start date, get the books, get the workbook, that's it. All right. I'm still waiting on my ATT. I should get the 90 days. Well, yeah, if you're still waiting on your ATT, and I would say, honestly, thinking of if you turned in all your paperwork, why don't you just start studying? Like, start studying now so that when your ATT comes, you can just go ahead and schedule your test date and go ahead and take it, okay? Uh, you need to delay the start date before you purchase it. You need to delay the start date before you purchase it. Now, let me show you how to, once you have the system, once you have the system, you will have access immediately, okay? You will have access immediately to the platform, and that includes the lectures and the question bank, okay? The question bank you will also have access to, and you are going to get 
2,500 questions, next-gen questions. Remarnurse.com is the website to sign up for. I'm going to show you just how to create a quiz really quickly in the question bank. Again, if you're following the calendar, doing getting in the question bank is not the first thing you should be doing at all. But I know some of you want to get in here and practice the case study. So I'm just going to show you just really quickly how to do that. Yes, I also have a tease book. Tease is for the entrance exam into nursing school. But the priority for me is for you guys to get the content. And I want to show you that I actually have both. I actually have both. I don't just focus on content. I focus on questions as well, but in their proper time. So I'll just put um, next gen. You have to name every test. So I'm just going to do a next gen test. I have tutor test, uh, regular test, and also computer adaptive test. The V2 will give you two computer adaptive tests to do at the end of your study calendar. So I'm just going to create a test really quickly. You can do easy, moderate, or hard, or all the levels, okay? I'm going to just do an easy test. I'm just going to put all the questions will be easy, which is great. And say I just want to do next-gen case studies. So I'll just do, there's 20 easy next-gen case studies. And I'm going to make this a time test. And so these are the steps to create a question bank uh, exam. Very simple, very easy. Shout out to Nurse Sybil. She says, uh, I passed on 927 R in NCLEX. I use V2 and QuickFacts. Okay. And again, this is included in the V2. So you're automatically, this is a very easy case study. You have one file to read, and then you are going to do a drag and drop question. We have all of the question types in the V2. If you have V1 and you don't have my new platform, look at this case study and tell me you definitely need to upgrade because you are not getting case studies in V1. V2 is for next gen. Okay. V2 is for next gen. And again, this is what it should look like. All of this, guys, for $69. Literally, books, computer adaptive exams, question banks, all of the next gen formats. We're trying to be a blessing. I'm going to show the study calendar in one minute, but I need for you guys to see that this is part of the process too. Okay? This is part of the process. All right, so that is the question bank. Again, you can exit it. You can do your computer adaptive exams at your will. Going back to starting the course, for those of you who are starting the course, you will need to have the downloadable workbook and you will need to have the study calendar. So to get the study calendar, you need to go to the file vault, okay? The file vault is the third tab. When you click on the file vault, you will see course resources and books and certificates, okay? Course resources, click on course resources, okay? Registered nurse, okay, that's your course. You're gonna go to your daily study calendar, your student workbook. So if you just do daily study calendar, it's gonna be right here. Make sure you click on the blue arrow. It might be a little hard to see, but the blue arrow is down here. When you click on that blue arrow, it will download the study calendar and it will open it up as a PDF file, okay? And this is where you're going to be able to say, okay, here are my study sessions. Study session one, two, three, okay? In my program, there are 20 study sessions. And 
if you follow the study calendar, you are going to be studying this book first. Then quick facts will come in the mail. Remember, I'm mailing this book to you. So the first few study sessions are literally just this book. Okay. And then you'll be getting this book in the mail and you will be doing all of those things. And you can get this at remarnurse.com. This website that's going across the screen, you can get that. All right. Um, so the study calendar, again, it will show you everything that you're going to sit down and do every day. Just mark it off. When you print it out, you can print it out and you can check off the things that you're doing. I looked at um, times you can get into the question bank after doing the content. Okay, like I said, print this out. And when you sit down, you will you will be checking off. This study calendar is five pages. So you have five pages to print here. And then at the end, it'll tell you when to do your first computer adaptive test and your second computer adaptive test. Okay, now let's go to the student workbook. And I can show you how many pages that is if you want to download and print that out or if you want me to print it out for you. Going back to course resources. If you go to student workbook, you will click on the blue arrow right here. And this is the best of all. It's going to download it. And once it scans it, make sure once my computer scans it. It's scanning it, making sure there's no viruses. Hang on, you can open it up, okay? And this is the student workbook. It's 121 pages for those of you who wanted to know about it, okay? 121 pages. And you can print it out at your leisure. I would definitely say print it out because again, you're watching the videos and actually the workbook has the study calendar in it, but the newest study calendar is in the file vault. So go with that one. I would say definitely print it out because I took most of the notes for you. So if you don't print this out and you're trying to just watch the video, you're going to have to write out all this extra stuff and you're going to have to draw the, the fetal heart monitor strips. OK, this is this is why the workbook allows you to finish in so much uh, and so quickly because I'm printing out most of the notes for you. Very, very important. So somebody says it's 27, uh, $27.50 to print at U, UPS. Okay. I don't know if that includes binding or not, but at the end of the day, I don't care if, if you get the physical or the digital book, as long as you have one of them, as long as you have one of them. Because again, each one of the titles are going to go to a video that I'm doing. So pediatric developmental milestones, you need to have um, you need to have these pages because when you do the video, when you go to the video, you're going to have a pediatric developmental milestone video, okay? A pediatric developmental milestone video. And just so we're clear, you are, guys, you're not getting PowerPoint slides in my program. Let me see if I can, okay? You're actually getting full audio visual content and the teacher is me. So if you're an audio visual learner, this is the program for you. And I promise you, my videos are short and to the point. You are not gonna be bored. You are not gonna be trying to figure out what is important. You will be able to go in V2 and you will have your learning style, especially if you're an audio visual learner, you have your learning style supported. Text on the screen, 
video representatives, and it's me teaching. So, hey, this is it, okay? This is where all of my nurses are, the ones who pass their NCLEX, the ones that talk about V2. Again, if you have to take NCLEX and you have not done a content review, you're going to see a difference when you do one. It is going to decrease the time that you don't have your license, which is the main goal. Main goal is for you to get your license as quick as possible. I, I, I don't know what else to do more than the V2 for nursing students because it's literally everything. It's the books, it's the content, it's the question bank. It is everything. Plus the lives that we do on Mondays and Wednesdays to keep you motivated and encouraged. So you need everything in one place. That's the V2. That's the V2. Okay. Um, and it never gets old. It never gets old. Like these videos always apply. If you have only two weeks to study, get in V2. At least do the content. At least do the lectures. Okay. Study smarter, not harder. That's right. Right. Okay. Um, and again, I hope you guys enjoyed the class on tonight. I hope you guys enjoyed the class on tonight. We are coming back tomorrow. We are coming back tomorrow night for part two. And part two will be the questions, the practice questions. So we'll be doing practice questions on tonight at 8 p.m. But this was our live class. And so right now, I had challenged you guys, number one, to see the difference when you study content. Doesn't it feel better, right? The second thing was to make a decision to continue to study after scary topics in the V2 to make sure that you have all the prioritization, blood gas interpretations, congestive heart failure, all of the subjects that I go over in the V2. Make sure you have them mastered and reviewed. You need to do that. You need to do that, especially if you're testing soon, right? And there's so much is there. The bonus lectures, all of it, they're, they're there. Um, there's a discussion board. Let me show you. So even if you want to communicate with Remar nurses, I got to show you this. Um, at the bottom of every video, because I know sometimes you guys like to talk to each other and communicate, let me show you. At the bottom of the V2 videos is this section, which is discussion boards. And literally, I know you guys talk to each other down there. Some people um, are like super users in here, all right? And so you're able to do that. The bonus lectures, that's the 30-day challenge. Let me show you where to do the 30-day challenge at. This is for you to do additional content work and content review. In the V2, if you go to your first icon is where your videos are for your content. This is what you have to do. You have to do these videos, these lectures, okay? It's gonna help you. And most of my videos are about eight minutes long, nine minutes long, so can you do it? Absolutely. The second content is the, uh, the challenge, the bonus lectures. This is the 30-day challenge. And these videos are to be watched after every study session, mm-hmm, okay? After every study session, you watch a video. So after study session number one, you watch session number one bonus video. After study session number five, come over here and watch study session number five challenge video, okay? Study session number nine, all the way up to 20. There's 20 study sessions in my program. And so this is how you do it. This is how you do it. And this is where you find it. So content plus quick facts plus the question bank is Remar. And I know you guys are going to love it. I will see you tomorrow. I will see you tomorrow. And like I always say, you guys know this. You can. You will. You what? 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 What?
What do you what do you want? What Mark has some what? What else? What am I forgetting? Oh okay, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> All right. <clears throat> yeah. Thank you for supporting us. We had little, no little. We had we we did good. We the technical issues, I would say they were flawless. Yeah, it was amazing. It was a it was great a, class. It was beautiful to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, like 2600, 2700 Remar nurses studying like all at mm -hmm. one time. I know. Right? Yes. Um, and then somebody forgot to like adjust for the time zone. Because mm -hmm. I noticed like right around nine o'clock, mm -hmm. you know, might have been eight o'clock. People were coming in. Yeah, people came in. So I missed <laughs> the whole hour. Oh, my goodness. We oh, don't want you to miss the hour tomorrow. So what time does it start tomorrow? Um, Tomorrow starts at eight. Eight o'clock mm -hmm. p.m. Yep. Eastern. Eastern time. Eastern time. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So if you're in Chicago, that's at what, like seven? Because they're an hour back. Wait a minute. I don't know. I don't know, y'all. Like, I my brain is fried right now. Chicago, you guys can see, like, I'm all seven. disheveled. If you're I, in uh, what, what is it going Angeles, on? That's five. Mm -hmm. So tomorrow, guys, no. eight o'clock. Yeah. yeah. Chicago is seven. Yep. 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 And, and, and LA five. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. So uh, tomorrow, eight o'clock p.m. Eastern time, we're going to be here. And you're going to do the NCLEX questions. Yes. And right? we have, it's actually not even that many questions. Are the honestly. questions in the workbook? Questions are in the workbook. Go ahead and do them now. Okay. So guys, if you don't have the workbook, you can actually get it at the uh, on the description in the YouTube video, right? Find the YouTube video the and you can get the workbook and still do the questions so that you're on task for tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. All right? And then on Wednesday. It's game night. Yay. We have game night on Wednesday. Wednesday, the class time starts at nine o'clock. Yes. All right. So this is a normal time for the winning Wednesday mm -hmm. at nine o'clock on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you are prepared because we have some cash prizes mm -hmm. for you all. Cash prizes. Right. Oh, 200, so, 150. How much? Two hundred dollars. OK. OK. So yeah. three cash prizes, second and third place, two hundred dollars uh, for the for the first place, mm -hmm. one hundred dollars and then fifty dollars. That's good money. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, if you already have quick facts, that's enough to get a V2. Right. True. So hey, if you have True. quick facts, guys, then your price is even lower for the NCLEX V2. Right now, you can get it for forty nine dollars. What I wanted to tell you while she was going over the the how to delay your start. Mm -hmm. um, don't do that like this time. We don't want you to delay your start. We want you to get in. That's we want true. you to get your license. We do. You know what I'm saying? Like, if we you delay, do. just delay for like a week or so, but no more than that, right? Yeah. Because this event is for nurses that need to pass NCLEX this year, right? Yeah. This this event, I'm going to say it again, is for students, for nurses that need to pass NCLEX this year. Wow. So if that's your goal, Ooh. you want to be sitting pretty by the holidays, right? If you don't want to be studying during Christmas time and you want to have a little bit of Christmas money, Go ahead and get in the V2 right now. Don't delay your start. That's true. Get what you need. Put faith over fear. This is the scariest topics event, but we are taking, we are here to take the fear out of NCLEX yeah. because God has not given us the spirit of uh, fear. Fear. Right? Yes. Has not given us the spirit of yes. fear. And tomorrow we'll do a quick devotional thought. Um, as we get into our, our studies, I'll have that for you. And um, we'll do a quick devotional thought. And today we're going to end in prayer. Uh, because we know that a lot of times you might be dealing with anxiety, you might be dealing with stress, um, yeah. a lot of emotions mm -hmm. surrounding this thing we call NCLEX and getting your nursing license. 
And so we want you, we want to let you know that um, that's not something that you have to live with. Um, it is something that can be overcome, uh, not only uh, through faith, uh, but also faith that works. Uh, because we know that faith without works is a no-go. It's a no, it's a negative. Is a flat line. That's true. Uh, faith without true. works, hold on, is a Sicily, is that right or no? No? Um, is yeah. it a flat line? Yeah, that's it. That's it? Ah, okay, yeah. All right. So, <laughs> so look. We want to put the faith in action, guys. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're going to have a devotional on tomorrow. But we want, want to let you know that even though this is a scary topics event, we are taking the fear out of the inquest because we are relying and trusting on God. Yes. All right. So let us pray. Let us pray. And then tomorrow we'll have our devotional uh -huh. winning Wednesdays, mm -hmm. even more to come. Uh, and so we just are glad that you are locked in. Make sure you tell somebody else about what's happening here. Right here. Remark, Miracles. Uh, and we are excited to wait and to hear your testimony as well. So, all right. Um, um, I just, yeah, that's how, that's how fast it happens. That's right. That's how yeah. fast it happens. So you tried to play with No, you I just, I'm like, not trying to. You're to be like, yeah, Ace, that's right. Well, I that's had to think right. about it. Yeah, I had to think about, about it. Yeah, okay. I had to make that sure. Line. Because, you know, if I give out something that's not right, True. it's like, I don't know. True. Faith without works, Ace Sicily, it works. If it, if Do it, we need a, I think that needs to be a, a What tea. is that? That's a T. We gonna put without God, no, with, with God, it's possible. And then faith. Without no, works, no, just faith without works. Faith without works. Asistly. Yes. I guess some people would buy it. That's it. You know what I mean? They're gonna be like, "What's that?" Thing. Girls, flatline you. You know what I'm saying? All right, all right. Come on, guys. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. All right, Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, for not giving us the spirit of fear, yes, Lord, um, but you. of power, of wisdom, and of course, Lord, of a sound mind. And Lord, we need that sound mind. They need that sound mind as they are preparing for this NCLEX exam, Lord. Um, so I ask Lord that as you remove the spirit of fear, as you cast out the spirit of fear, that right you would impart Thank to you, them Lord. that power of your Holy Spirit, Thank Lord, you, uh, that power that gives them the ability to think uh, and to focus and to prioritize uh, so that they can make the right investments in a sound way uh, for the future that you have uh, planned for them, Lord. You know the plans and the thoughts that you have towards them, that they would prosper, Lord. And so we <laughs> thank you for just putting the desire for them to be a nurse in their heart, Lord. Mm -hmm. And because we know, Lord, that you have put that in their heart, we also believe that you are able and willing to fulfill that desire uh, if they are diligent, Lord, in the process and rely you, on you every step of the way. So, Lord, we're asking it as they study, as they invest, as they grow, Lord, that they would not do so without you, um, but that they would dedicate uh, their time to you, that they would dedicate their energy to, to you, Lord, uh, and so that you would give them the desires of, uh, of their heart, uh, because it is for the upkeeping and unbuilding of your kingdom. You. So, Lord, we just thank you for the beautiful community uh, that you have placed before us. Thank you. And um, we have uh, nurses, Lord, that said they have suffered great loss, even the loss mm. of children and, uh, and uh, of marriages, and Lord, and, and just things, Lord, that we, uh, um, uh, that you have, you know, kept them in those situations lord there's sometimes we we fear things that are coming uh, but lord help us to have a faith that knows that even if it should come you are still able to keep us from these things so lord we commit this act of ink taking inclex into your hands lord as well as the hearts uh, and minds of the remar nurses and we'll be careful to give your name the praise the glory and honor in jesus name we pray amen amen amen, amen. what a wonderful prayer faith Overfill, we have to have it. We have to have the faith um, to overcome all, all scary things.
Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I'm so glad just to be part of an amazing community. Yeah. Uh, so, glad to have you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. you guys so much for joining us on tonight. Now. Now. Now you can do your thing. Okay, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Scary Topics Day 1 has been served. And remember, remember this. You can, you will, and you must cash in collect.